Hello, hello, and welcome to Behind the Beans, the steampunk podcast. Uh, we are here. We've got the lovely Cameron, who is uh, going to be chatting with us this evening, but also is managing all the sound stuff as ever, the genius uh, behind the podcast. And then we are chatting to the lovely Becca, who runs Orange Moon, which is the really cool vinyl pop-up shop that we have got going on in store at Steampunk at the moment. So uh, without further ado, we're just going to jump straight in. Hello, welcome. Hi. It's lovely to have you. No, thanks for having me. That's all good. It's it's super cool having you obviously here this, for this podcast, but having you in the space. We've always uh, used the upstairs, and then COVID happened, and yeah, we kind of retired upstairs uh, temporarily. But it's so cool to have you in and bringing life to the upstairs space at Steampunk. And also, I think it's something that really fits uh, just with like the vibe that we've got going on here, yeah. and and uh, and. Yeah, it's just it's just a treat to have such a an interesting creative thing happening upstairs in our space, and we're really proud to have you here and, and oh, involved. Nice. I love being here so far. Love that <laughs> so far. <laughs> um, I I guess let's jump in at like how what's your background? Like how did you get to uh, Orange Moon? What was the what was the journey? Uh, if that's not too big a question. Um, well. I would say I've always been musical um, from an early age. My family are all really musical. Um, my granddad on my mum's side was a jazz pianist nice. and my dad's a guitarist. My mum played the guitar and stuff. It's like a few years ago now, she doesn't really play anymore, but we had like a piano in our house. Um, like my dad had put like an old turntable in like our room with some like old records and stuff. And he always had guitars like kicking about. So we're always, you know, doing something creative. And we were, both me and my brother were like sort of drawn to music from an early age. Um, and was then- Was that uh, like actively encouraged by your parents as well? Were they always oh, yeah. kind of pushed for- Yeah, <laughs> I think that was like my dad's dream was like, cause he used to like, like when I was younger, like he really wanted me to learn to read music. Mm -hmm. um, and I was so enthusiastic. So I think he just wanted to like keep a hold of that. So he used to write me a little like, little um, sheet music by hand oh, and then get man. me to like play it yeah and like looking back like it was just fun but like actually as an adult I was like that was so cool and it was such a great introduction like because it was in a sort of fun way yeah it's also beautiful like I think that's the power of music is it brings people together and so yeah. to have that dynamic within within your your family is, is really beautiful yeah I think my dad was just so chuffed he's like mm -hmm. my daughter can play old MacDonald <laughs> on the guitar at like yes, four, whatever. Yes. I'm like yes hon, I that's the that. pride that we need <laughs> um, but from then it was like kind of like taking on instruments in school and stuff um, I played the violin in primary, which I absolutely hated, but my parents were like, you're seeing it through until high school sort of thing. And I always tried, like I tried so many different instruments and I, I would learn the basics, but then be keen to move on to the next thing. I couldn't, I found it hard to commit to one instrument in one style. Mm -hmm. um, so like, as I got older, it just made sense DJing because it was like, there was no boundaries with what style you could play or, you know, once you learn the technique, I mean, you could still be creative with it, but you know, it was like the opportunities were endless, but you still had that musical element. Yeah, you're not tied down to a specific style. Yeah. You, you, can, you, can you can play draw. any genre yeah. using the same skills. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. when you practice, you're not practicing the same, like whatever it is, drum beat or the same like song on the violin or whatever. It's like, mm -hmm. I found it more expressive and more creative being able to use different tracks and stuff and like even like sampling and stuff like, 
yeah all that sort of stuff just bringing in all these different elements yeah. and, and uh I, I kind of see like in my mind i see djing almost as like the palette of yeah. like paints and you can kind of <laughs> rather than like being restricted to certain colors or whatever yeah. you're like you can pull from literally everything throw it all on that canvas and, yeah. and then mm -hmm. you get this like amazing kind of smorgasbord of uh different yeah. uh, inspirations definitely i'm, I'm yeah. similar in the what you were saying about uh, picking up new instruments and not mastering them just kind of yeah. like the basics. I think a lot like of people I've, can relate to I've got like a cupboard which has got like a trumpet. It's it's got so I, I back in school I did actually learn the bagpipes for a few years as well. I do actually own a set of bagpipes yeah. too, but um Oh, I, I was just the same boat where I, I hated going to those lessons. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I, yeah. I was terrible for practicing. And like, if I picked up an instrument, I'd be like, "What? What songs can I play on this?" Like, mm -hmm. and right once now. I yeah, once I, I learned those songs, I was like, "That's cool." Mm -hmm. Right? What can I learn now? Like, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to commit to mm -hmm. one thing. I was thinking that, and this is partly like coming back to what you're doing here. One of the one of the cool elements that we. Um, been doing with you is this uh, working with young people mm -hmm. and introducing them to kind of DJing and, and that side of uh, music. Um, it's just like schools don't always get music right. I think Definitely. you can have an amazing, amazing music teacher and that sets you on a, music, you know, a musical yeah. path, but some people don't have amazing music teachers and a lot of the stuff that's covered in schools is really um, just not exciting. It's sort of stuff yeah. that's all very, um, what am I trying to it's say? Like it's not it's not music. You're sort of looking sometimes. at information yeah. and it's not stimulating in the no. same like you don't get into music because well, I mean you might do, but generally like I don't I love listening to music. I don't necessarily want to read about the history of a certain composer or or mm -hmm. read sheet music. Like yeah. I want to be able to feel it. Like I think I don't yeah. know. I think education um like teaching music in schools I think it has been updated a wee bit in recent yeah. years but I remember being really frustrated with it back in back in the day mm -hmm. I remember the kind of history side of it it was just really bizarre how they taught you about genres like music concrete but they didn't teach you about hip-hop and house music it was just stuff really... that you're hearing as yeah, well like yeah. things that you're more likely to be listening to uh -huh. and hearing yeah. day to day it's sort of has such a rich history you think mm -hmm. there's so much i think yeah. we now teach kids how to use like computers and stuff to record their own music yeah I think or like music now... production and yeah. stuff like uh -huh. i think if that was offered that even was on a basic level like school, at yeah. standard grade mm -hmm. i would have definitely been far more interested like i didn't even take music as a as a subject at standard grade because mm -hmm. math school was awful for it <laughs> and they actually had quite a lot of talented musicians from, come from the school yeah. but standard grade was like like i remember saying to my mom like i'm not taking music because all the music teacher does is like wheel in the tv and show us oh, musicals no. and i knew i knew jesus christ superstar like back to front and then <laughs> but i was like this isn't really my idea of like what i thought music like class would be like no, for more. yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. but then you have to get to sort of higher before you start doing composition and before you start doing all these things that i'm like oh see that would have been quite good yeah um or you have to like go to lessons with a particular instrument mm. or whatever it may be so I do agree. I think that like it doesn't always translate well, and it's not always like, sort of appealing to everyone the mm -hmm. way they teach it in yeah. schools quite often. I think the key to like teaching music is teaching stuff that people want to play, like as mm -hmm. as musicians. Like uh, that's probably a kind of area where it's especially good for if you're teaching them DJing because yeah. they can just bring in tracks that they they know and love, and that's just the key to it, really. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, interesting. 
So we've got to this kind of your that's your like background love for um, for DJing and how how did you then sort of launch that? At what point did you sort of think I can now I can I want to get into that or I can now get into that? Was there like a yeah? What did that look like for you? It was it was a bit of a weird one actually because I never actually considered DJing as an option. Um, but my mum and dad had bought me lessons. So I think they kind of were like, oh, this might be quite good. Mm. And saw the sort of bigger picture and were like, oh, she likes this and she likes that, so she might be quite good at that. Um, so it was in a place in the grass market. I don't think it's there anymore, but it's called Red Dog Music. Uh, yeah. And downstairs they had a DJ academy um, that was run. It was run by a guy called Ronnie Brunton, who's like a sort of local like legend, like techno DJ has been for years. And it's like thrown some of the most iconic like club nights in Edinburgh over the years. And then they had like guest DJs in. So they had like Richie Roughtone doing some like hip hop stuff and teachers like sort of scratching and that sort of thing. Um, and it was like a course. And then at the end of it, we had to like organize our own club night from scratch. So we had to like source the flyers and source the venue and everything like that. Oh man, yeah, that's cool. Um, which was ace, it was yeah, really good. Yeah, sounds amazing. Yeah, and um, so yeah, from then on, um, it was just basically that was that had me that had sort of passed that that mm. course, um, and then I loved it. So I was like, right, how can I actually turn this into sort of a career and start getting some gigs and things like that? Um, but it was a good way to start, definitely. But um, yeah, some of the earlier gigs that I did were just <laughs> absolutely brutal. But I think when you first learn, you're just like, I'll take any gig, any style, any pay, I can do whatever. It all. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and like. Yeah, I remember it was at um, the Three Sisters in Edinburgh, mm. actually. Um, there was a guy that like hired the sort of resident DJs and stuff. And um, he'd got me in for like an interview. And I remember him being like, also like, what kind of music do you DJ and stuff? And I was just like, everything, everything anything. Like, I could do it all. You and he it. was like, wow, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, um, like, oh, oh book you like every Saturday like at Three Sisters so I was like oh my god amazing but it turned out I was like in the little like function room upstairs uh-huh. and, and I was doing one. like <laughs> birthdays like anniversaries mm-hmm. like uh... 18th 21st so like I think he was just like oh you can do everything yeah perfect here you yeah. go you're now like a function yeah. <laughs> so yeah you learn quickly like I think you go into it so naively but like over the years like you do some yeah, questionable gigs, yeah. and then you're like, right, I know not to do that yeah, again. I know what I don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. I'm capable of playing everything, but I don't want to play everything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I guess you have to sort of find your own style and your own voice, and in, in, I guess, also probably quite a crowded market. I imagine there's quite a lot of people who are all kind of. I work in acting, and there's definitely that kind of thing where you're trying to establish yourself and make sure that you stand, stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, have you played any gigs in the past like well six months or so since things got together again or um yeah i've played quite a few so um i've played a couple of nights at a night at the bongo club at the cow gate mm-hmm. it was same um, headset so i've played i quite often play in room two there which mm-hmm. is quite good um and there's a venue in where is it again there's a venue called Radio Rooms. Oh, that's not like that one, no. it's not in um, Edinburgh. It's almost like out past sort of Dunbarway. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah they're like it's an indoor bar but there's like an outdoor like courtyard sort of bit and they have like a stage and like a full like sort of sound system and everything and they quite often have like guest speakers and like dj sets and stuff so Mm -hmm. there was like a women in music like convention sort of thing that had like different female musicians and djs and stuff doing little talks and like doing performances and stuff so did that and yeah just bits and pieces really here and Mm -hmm. there um it's definitely quieting down obviously since the pandemic but um I think people are just sort of getting used to going back out again, especially like club I nights so, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, it's yeah. a big step. I've big done it step. a couple of times now, and it's after ten minutes of being inside the, the club again, you kind of just get used to yeah. it. But it's just there's still that kind of feeling of for me, it's the pr- like the pre, yeah, like, yeah, the actual getting there and going in. I'm a... It's not so much like anticipation; it's just anxiety. Yeah, now. Like, yeah. yeah. So I'd be like, yeah, I was like, can't wait to get there. So I'm sitting there like. Oh, have you done your lap flow? Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, once you're in, I think also once you've had a couple of drinks, you know, you're usually a little more uh, relaxed. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. what's gonna say? Oh yeah, so you're um, you do this thing with EHFM. Yeah. So this is like a monthly show. Yeah. Um, what 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 is it? Tell me more. Um. So basically, it must have been about f- maybe four or five years ago now, um, I started a club night called No Scrubs and it was a R&B and hip hop night in Edinburgh. So it, it launched Electric Circus when Electric Circus was still oh, there. Oh man, RIP. I know, <laughs> there's a throwback, I know. <laughs> so it launched there um, and yeah, it was great. We had a lot of like positive sort of feedback about it and stuff. And then from there, it was almost like a, sort of like the next route was taking it onto like a radio show rather than just a club night. So the club night was just R&B and hip hop and like old school R&B and hip hop. But the radio show was more themed towards women within hip hop and R&B. Um, like hip hop, R&B, like jazz, funk, soul, all that sort of stuff. It was kind of um, sort of highlighting new talent, but also playing like older stuff and just sort of celebrating women in music. So. Um, that's what my monthly EHFM show is. And um, yeah, so it's kind of both. The club night's not ran for a while, just over the pandemic and stuff like that. It's mostly just the radio show now. But um, yeah, I'm like a massive hip hop fan. So like, yeah, it was just like natural for me to yeah. go down <laughs> that route. transition. Yeah. Where can we find that? Just a little shout out to EHFM. <laughs> if, we were, if we were want to tune in to No Scrubs. Um, so you can just listen through their website um, it's just ehfm.live but also all their episodes go up on Mixcloud as well so if you want to listen back to any of them so all the No Scrubs ones are on there yes. um, yeah we have a few we've had a few guests on in the past like a few like local sort of hip hop artists and sort of hip hop bands and things and we've had B-girls on we've had other female DJs stuff like that so yeah it's good fun mm. Sounds mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. I definitely need to check so it what, out. So, what kind of started the the transition of from DJing to wanting to start a small business? What kind of started that? Um, I think it was just like over the years from DJing, I've accumulated so many records myself, mm-hmm. and I've always loved record shopping and like record collecting and things like that. Um, and through just over the years like from my mum and dad like moving house and things like that or people want to get rid of their records and be like oh do you want them sort of thing mm. it just was gradually like building up my collection to the <laughs> point I was like oh I might actually have something going here mm-hmm. um, but it just started off as like selling online and things but it was always the 
my sort of main ideal was to sort of combine like a cafe with the record experience. So mm-hmm. that element of having like coffee and records, which is something that I love. But I was like, yeah. you know, creating a space where you can enjoy both. I think they really complement each other. Um, so yeah, like yeah, I used to live just round the corner from um, Mono and Monorail Music in Glasgow, oh, yeah. which is like a a good example of that. It's just a they do they do go hand in hand. I think mm. it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. something like. I think record shops, stores, whatever, they've, they've got such a like specific kind of energy atmosphere. I sort of feel like whoever's like you're doing here as well, like you've got, you've got decks here and you put on a, you know, you put on an album or you put on specific tracks. Like there's such a, I don't even know what it is. It's sort of everyone, everyone is welcome and there's always a conversation about music and you, you, you're never, I don't know. I've always been treated really nicely. No matter, like I went to a place in Glasgow not that long ago and I was flicking through records and this album came up and I was like, oh, like, it was Chris Rea. I may get roasted for this. But I was like, oh, is that the guy who does the Christmas song? And the the guy in the record shop was like, hold the phone. <laughs> and literally came over and he was like, I'll put this on right now. He is much more than that and you need to hear it. But like, obviously being really nice about it. And like, he literally, you literally heard the record player go like, Grr. and he like took off the previous record and put this on immediately on. He's like, you need to listen to this. I need to share this with you. And that's what's like, what's so beautiful is I think there's this kind of, always that relationship where people are sharing their passions. So you could, like, I think no matter old or young, like there's kind of no, I think everyone can have a really nice time in a record shop. And I certainly always do. And everyone I go in with, always enjoys it. even if you don't buy anything like just yeah. the, the process mm-hmm. of seeing especially in such a digital age um like physical copies and like yeah. large images of the artists of albums that you know so well but maybe you've only seen on your like your spotify or whatever you know a tiny image seeing that in a physical real world is incredibly satisfying yeah. and i think that um yeah i think there's just like a like a almost a religious aspect to vinyl that is mm. so immensely satisfying yeah it's also it's so satisfying i don't uh, you probably had it by this point but i used to volunteer in um it was like a charity music store it was like Oxfam in glasgow mm-hmm. and there's nothing more satisfying than putting like a record on and then someone comes along and is like oh what's this playing? yeah i want to buy this yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah I, I chose that and, I put it on and i've got like, great taste <laughs> a few people that have been in the shop recently have been chatting about like the process of putting on a record as well and having to listen to it in the order that it's mm-hmm. yeah. like meant to be active and listening the, versus just passively yeah. playing it in the background yeah exactly yeah. yeah and like the you know the being able to shuffle things like you that is surely the, yeah. a musician's nightmare because the mm-hmm. amount of thought that goes into what that what track position, list, everything yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and i know some artists recently have actually like if they're on Spotify or streaming service, have actually said no. I want. I don't want there to be yeah. that option to show. Remember that. Yeah. Which I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I kind of understand that though. Mm-hmm. But I think as well for younger people that maybe have been brought up just with like streaming sites and stuff, like they are actively getting involved in you know record collecting. They do want mm-hmm. to see on vinyl, as you said, like actually having the sleeve, having the artwork. And having to physically like take it out and you know handle it with care and put the re- record on and put the needle on and things like that like i think sometimes you know the older generation could be a bit guilty of thinking that they wouldn't be interested in that or they don't appreciate it and you're like but if you give them the chance like yeah. i really feel like they do appreciate it and they like that there's a physical thing rather than just being able mm-hmm. to access everything all, all the times and i think things are quite disposable now in our sort of fast fashion like 
digital, you know, the world that we're living in, I sort of feel like things move fast and, and, you know, trends come and go. But the thing with, yeah, like you say, it's that it's something that no, you can't rush putting on a record. It has to kind of, it, it doesn't, you can't just press play. Like yeah. there, there is a process that leads up to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and you're right. Like, I think maybe people don't give young people the credit that they're due for, for actually enjoying that process. And, and in a world where everything's so instant, maybe we expect everyone to have a, you know, attention spans are shrinking, but you know, people, people have the, you know, the capability and we just need yeah. to trust that people will. And actually that's something I've noticed here. A lot of, young people buying records yeah and yeah. you know you see like i saw i remember seeing a, a dad and daughter going up and she was like whatever 14 or 15 and he was like oh should we go have a look and i thought he would come down with the record but yeah. she came down with the record and, yeah. and i was like yes and i think like, as well sometimes it's like oh um younger people are sort of just tired with the same brush and it's like mm. oh they're just doing it to be trendy or they're just doing it to be cool but it's like but Older people that do know the difference in sound between, you know, putting on a, a record with speakers and an amp and everything compared to an MP3, mm -hmm. it's like, but maybe they just appreciate that as well, you know. Or... Yeah. And also, ever like a lot of passions start with a trend. Because yeah. if you don't, you know, you might not ever try it unless it's trendy and then you get yeah. into it and then it's no longer, well, trendy, but you know what I mean? Like, you, you still have a passion for something. Yeah. You have to be exposed to something in order to develop a passion. You, mm -hmm. you know, you can't just wake up one day having yeah. never seen or listen to a record and yeah. think mm -hmm. you know, off the cuff I, I love records yeah. <laughs> but it's mad as well because young people like they've got such because they've got access to any album they want basically mm -hmm. it's like they've got such deep knowledge some of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like I was like oh you know I'll get some sort of new release like chart stuff to put in the crates like because that might be what they want and I'm mm -hmm. like no because they're so much more clued up they've got yeah. such more eclectic mm -hmm taste because they've got it all there for them yeah. so it is i think that it, it is like one of the main positives of the accessibility of streaming services is now yeah. you can you don't have to you know take a gamble on like a like spending 10 15 pounds on an album you can just go and listen to it instantly and find out if you like it or not yeah. so mm -hmm. yeah there are, there are definitely pros to it but i also think on the flip side of that having a physical copy of a specific album it's a bit like when you switch on live tv and you are just watching whatever's on because you don't have the choice versus going on to Netflix or whatever streamer mm. and being like, oh, I don't know what, I, do I want to watch this? Or, but I could also, like you get so overwhelmed with the options that yeah. you then never really settle on anything. Mm -hmm. And I think streaming, like um, music streaming platforms can be similar as well. Yeah. If you like don't, if you're not given almost. a bit of focus, yeah. mm -hmm. so actually you listen to an album, you like it and then you've got it on record, you can then go and stick it on and you're committed to like that choice versus sticking on like yeah. a, playlist or, or going on and sort of spending ages trying to figure out what it is that you're after like yeah yeah having that physical copy that sets you you know you're like okay cool that's the beginning of the album that's side a here we go have you um i saw on instagram you're like now buying records as well have you had many people come and ask about that or yeah quite a yeah. few actually yeah um, some people just because again going back to when i was in the the oxfam charity music store is you would get people coming in with like 10 crates of records and you're just like, I'm never gonna be able to sell all these. Oh, yeah. You're just gonna take up space. All these classical yeah. records. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I know, it's, always, exactly. it's when they come in with like endless boxes of like 50s easy listening. I know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is never gonna sell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Bargain bin, come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah like I've been quite um, pleasantly surprised at some of the stuff that 
that people have brought in, um, like some, even some like limited edition like color records and stuff, which is like great, but it's just so rare for somebody to just be like, I'm just getting rid of this like yeah. limited edition like colored press, and you're like, that's great name, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've been really impressed. Um, and yeah, like a lot of people have said, oh, they're going to pop by and stuff with old records they've got and stuff, which is great. I mean, they may as well be doing something, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just sitting in an attic. Yeah, so. that's it. You yeah. don't want it just collecting dust. And equally, yeah. the thought of anything going in the skip, oh, I mean, there's always that, how many how many boxes of sort of, oh, we don't need these anymore. Yeah. Oh, man, it makes my, <laughs> it makes my skin crawl. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's cool. It's cool that people are, are speaking about that. It's also, like, part of this kind of circular economy. It's nice that things yeah. just get a second lease on life because you don't, you don't always have to buy new and I know that there's like new pressings and stuff but equally if, you know if it if it's a good clean record of the same album like I would always mm-hmm. go second hand versus versus new mm-hmm. um, yeah because it was a like opening a record store here in North Berwick it, it definitely was a bit of like a, a gamble like yeah. they're not really sure is this gonna like really go down like a down the street with like the kind of local people rather than just being in the kind of center of edinburgh where you've just got you know everyone at, at your doorstep yeah. yeah have you been pleasantly surprised by like how invested people are in the idea or? um definitely yeah like as you say it was quite a gamble mm-hmm. um i've lived in east in for quite a few years now but i don't know north berwick well either but also there's the element of you know records might sell but what kind like mm-hmm. not specifically genres but you know like what demographic like what age range are we talking like you know what is our target audience and even now obviously i'm still trying to figure that out but um it's been a blessing really because it's like because there's nothing else here you know it has Mm -hmm. been a blessing with people popping in and you know being really like lovely and really positive about us being here and it's probably helped in terms of like not being in an area that is not oversaturated but you know has things similar in the area Mm -hmm. um so it has been, I think, so far anyway, touch wood, it has paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's great hearing, like, I chat quite often to people and ask them, like, if they are local. Um, and the majority of them are, really. Um, but they're talking about the record collections and, like, what sort of stuff they're into and stuff. So it's nice to know as well that it is actually locals that are shopping here as well as people that are coming here for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's been great. I've had really great feedback so far and it's been a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. what's lovely and it comes back to this kind of like pureness of record shops and i come up occasionally and there's like people just having like a really good chat with you and you're yeah. like having these like lengthy really just really good conversations they're not sort of transactional it's yeah people come in maybe they buy something maybe they don't but there's a sort of this joy in just having people i think especially after covid and after the pandemic yeah. just having people in connecting over something is just like just such a joy to see yeah i think that's the thing as well when you're chatting about music like there's such passion in what you're talking about but also like there's really no boundaries like you can like each person that comes in you'll have a completely different conversation with and that might that person might come in every week but you're still got more and more to chat about yeah um but yeah it's so right there's been so many lovely people coming in that are just having a blather and I'm always happy to chat music, so it's great. It's <laughs> ideal for me. <laughs> it's quite an ideal job, really, then. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. I know they're probably like, oh my god, I'm trying to get on with my day. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. ah, ah. I was like, no. oh god. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's really, yeah, it's just so wholesome. Oh, yeah, live for it. I also think it's so cool. Obviously, you've got the decks here, and you do just mix it up. We we obviously get to hear what you're putting on on the weekends, and it firstly it makes like a noticeable difference from. And this is almost an embarrassing comparison, but we do usually have a Spotify playlist on, and so we yeah. just have that on. Well, it runs on the Spotify playlist for like an hour, and the Spotify playlist ends, and then and it then goes it... to Spotify radio, and no one can be bothered to go change yeah. it. So it's, it's when you've heard the same song yeah. five times. Because Spotify and, radio uh... can get very repetitive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of AI at its worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just so nice having yeah just like such an eclectic mix because i know you, you, you I, I and what you're saying is there's sort of no right or wrong with music and everyone brings something different to the table like you, your the albums you put on are so varied which is just so nice to be around and to hear as we're working and i know that there's people who have come up because i know some of the some of the steampunk team have come up and just bought the record that was on yeah. here enjoying it so much like <laughs> it's, it's just it's just great and so we've had like it goes from like jazz to hip-hop there's been some like obviously Fleetwood Mac and that kind of thing. Like it's been so cool. It's just so cool to have that on. It adds so much more. Um, and I think it comes back to this idea of vinyl being a bit more of a like real pure sound. Like I, yeah. I just feel like it, it just adds another dimension when you know that someone's chosen to put that on and like, you know. Yeah, it's the, the actual choice and, going into it rather than yeah. just a robot. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you, sort of, you, you almost to. feel like it should, you, you wouldn't even be like uh aware of that but like i feel like i am i feel like yeah. that's definitely something that people are aware of mm -hmm. it's 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 just a different process i think as well when you're listening like i've had a fair few people that have been like oh like what what's that that's on and they end up buying it or whatever but like the amount of times that people will be like what's that that's on and then you show them and they're like no way like you know because that blind sort of listening you don't you've not looked at any of the back like backstory you've not looked at the cover you've not got that sort of prejudgment yeah so you're like i'm really enjoying this and then you show them mm -hmm. who it is and they're like oh, oh it doesn't sound like them or like i don't usually like them and you're like yeah. that's good though like you're you expanding your yeah yeah and you don't want it like i think everyone does it you know there's certain artists that you maybe aren't a big fan of so you mm -hmm. would just avoid that or a certain artist comes up and you've already got a sort of preconceived idea of what they do or you know like especially with older bands that have mm. like multiple different albums mm. there'll be the odd album in there that you're like oh that's a completely different sound i didn't know they ever did that yeah um, which is cool as well i also feel with um like a record store you get more of a license to play whatever you want yeah. you can be more eclectic <laughs> yeah like someone comes up and like like downstairs in the in the cafe like I mean, I, I like to think we're, we play like slightly more eclectic music, but you can't play anything too weird or you're just going to yeah. scare people away. Whereas <laughs> in a record, record store, that's what people want. That's yeah. what people want license. to hear. Yeah. Something, yeah. something a bit different. Yeah. 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 I'm like really into jazz as well. And sometimes it's like, people can take jazz to a certain extent and they're like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. whoa like, steady, steady. this is getting a wee bit abstract for me i'm feeling like i'm losing my mind <laughs> i love it though you've had some like some really stimulating albums on that i really live for but it's funny it's slightly polarizing but then it started conversations like i was yeah. chatting to colleagues or like customers and we were like oh, i love this and they're like oh this is really not my jam at all but like that's kind of what's yeah. cool it's like they walk away knowing a bit more about their music taste. I walk away knowing a bit more about mine. Like it's such an education, and that's mm -hmm. 
What's cool? I mean, what's when you're choosing a record? Is there is there always thought going into it, or do you sometimes do you ever kind of like throw a dart at the board kind of thing? Do you just kind of <laughs> and well, dive and pull one out? It's a bit tricky because, like, I think once you're a DJ, you're always a DJ. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's sitting there and you think and they've been chatting to you and you're like, I know that, like, I think they'll like this. Yeah, you're yeah. always drawn to that. <laughs> yeah. Or the opposite, you're like, they are not gonna like this one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I like, but I don't think they're gonna like it. <laughs> um, but sometimes as well, like for example, people have like brought in records um, that they want to get rid of. Like I'll always test, play them first, just to make sure like they sound okay before I actually sell them. But sometimes when you haven't heard a record and you're like waiting for the needle to go down and you're like, what's if this, what's if it could happen? This could go anyway because I have no idea what this album is. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like testing it. And yeah. you, I see. Like sometimes Someone when you're like, oh, this screaming. Yoko yeah. Ono's. Drinking yeah. their coffee and it might just be like Gabber going on upstairs or something like that. <laughs> exactly. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I've never heard this before. It might even be like just like a, a white label record or something. Yeah. You're like, I have no idea. Let's go. Let's, see. Yeah. Let's go turn it up adventure. a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I hadn't thought of that at all. Yeah, you tested them out and going down that, opening that can of worms. <laughs> uh, so, is that Orange Moon? Is there kind of like a story there? What was the sort of inspiration for the name? Um, so, that comes from I'm a massive Erica Badu fan. Massive. And um, I'd went to her. Um, anniversary of Baduism in London. She did a show for that and it was absolutely amazing. Um, and just in terms of the records that I buy and sort of my experience of like coffee and records and stuff, I'm into quite a lot of hip hop and neo soul and jazz and that sort of thing. So she's got a track called Orange Moon that I love. So that's where that comes from. Solid, mm. solid. Mm-hmm. That was a really good origin story. <laughs> for that. Yeah. Um, quite classic for like a record store to just it's quite easy if you're opening a record store to just pick out like a, a favorite song and there's like a line which you really love or, yeah. or something like that yeah it's nice yeah nice. so how did you get chatting to Kath like how did this kind of uh steampunk collab yeah. come about what was the journey there um so I knew about steampunk and like I had been to steampunk and had had the coffee and stuff before um, but my original idea was obviously to have coffee and records together but I was just selling online but just doing the occasional pop-up sort of um, event but I still wanted to keep that coffee element so I was like I'm looking to um, sort of speak to local coffee brands and maybe get some bags or boxes of coffee to sell with the records at the pop-up um, and Steve Punk was literally the first one that I wrote <laughs> reached out to. I was like, oh, I really like their coffee, like their cool vibe and stuff. Like, I'll reach out to them and just see if that's something they're keen to do. So I wrote Kathy an email and just explained, like, about mm-hmm. my records and coffee sort of thing and how I think they work well together. And then just popped in for a meeting and to have a little, like, coffee tasting session. Nice. Um, just so when I'm at the pop-ups I've got a bit more knowledge and I can chat a bit more about it mm-hmm. um, and then yeah I had a really great um, chat with Kath and just we got along straight away and it was just good vibes mm-hmm. and she brought me up and showed me this area and I was like this is so cool blah blah like just not even really thinking anything yeah. off I was like this is so cool <laughs> and then um, yeah and then like literally later that night she's like how do you fancy a more permanent 
pop oh, up, which is just mad. Like That's I just cool. still can't believe it, honestly. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm still buzzing. Like it's just so such an authentic process, but also like I just you know you're almost when you meet somebody like Kath who just like so authentically cares about the community and wants mm. to help. You're like, what's the catch? What's you know the, what I mean? Yeah. Like you're like, I was like, this can't be real. Like she can't just be. Just keep to, like on the same that. DJ gig where you had to play like birthday parties <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. You're like, that's it. She's gonna have me playing like the slosh up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah. But yeah, it's like it's like I think it was just because it was such an amazing opportunity. It was literally perfect. You're almost like this yeah, is too good for be, yeah, yeah. My luck is never this good. So, but yeah, oh, it's man. been great, and it's been great to. I feel like me and Kath are on a on the same page when it comes to the combination of things with music and coffee and like mm-hmm. the sort of the whole vision behind it you know I was quite keen to have a loungy sort of space so it wasn't like come in buy something or go it was like yeah. you know mm-hmm. chill listen to some music have a chat um and I think that's what we have created here and I think Kath's quite happy with that as well like you know just keeping it sort of sort of within the community spirit and Mm-hmm. Um, even like doing DJ workshops and stuff like that um, you just want to make sure like basically what I'm doing now for like the sort of young people in North Berwick and then doing a course with something at the end is literally how I learned so mm-hmm. it's like yeah. almost trying to pass that on as well yeah. Um, so yeah it's just really exciting and I'm just happy to be here yeah, <laughs> amazing alright well Becca, listen, thank you so much for coming along no, and no uh, having this chat. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been really, really insightful seeing like your your journey up until this point. And uh, yeah, as we said, it's and as you said, it's so cool just to have you here, yeah. uh, bringing a bit more uh, life and music to Steampunk. Well, thanks very yeah. much for having me. It's thank been you very great. much. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks everyone for listening in. As ever, if you're enjoying these, uh, we've got a whole catalog i've just been told we have this is our fourth season so you you're more than welcome to deep dive backwards if you want to hear more of any of our dulcet tones um and yeah feel free to leave a review they always help and uh yeah i hope you guys have an absolutely lovely week month year and see you soon for a coffee